Well, I got a couple of announcements, and it's all good. Amen. All right. Last night was the last night of Ambassador School of Ministry's first year. I'm going to tell you, I'm proud of these guys. They were excited right up to the last minute. Nobody even fell asleep last night. So, and so I want to share something with you. The graduation is June the 27th, Sunday night from 7 to 8.30. Um, come out and support these guys. I'm not sure, uh, almost 30, uh, almost 40 people graduated. Um, I said almost because I'm not quite sure that number. There were several of them from out of state of Florida. They'll be on, they'll be on the overhead. They won't, they're not here. And uh, we got a lot to share with you about what we're doing and what we're going to be doing. Um, but anyway, we got second year starting the last day of August. And um, so anyway, we're going to have a graduation. There's going to be some finger food here. And, and we're going to, and I just want you to come out and honor these guys. Now, the next thing that I want to bring up is the building fund. Are you all ready? Last week. We paid off another $14,628. Awesome. Now that means that we only owe $77,000 on this building. Now, that means when the congregation comes up with $38,000, we're having a party. So we're all going to get an agreement in a minute that the money will come. The money will come in in the name of Jesus. And God will bring in the seed for you to sow. Amen. Now, you know, and I think that what we're doing here is very timely. Because Lisa and I noticed that the insurance on our house uh, went up because of COVID. And Justin's did too. I don't want the government in this church. And I know that may sound like I'm a little bit paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I just don't like them. And I don't trust. I don't trust anybody. I don't. When you're sitting on a two or three million dollar piece of property, it's good that if you have the deed. Someone says, well, you don't really own it. Well, okay. Well, you, you can take it after the rapture and we'll just let you have it when you're gone. And, uh, but anyway, until the rapture, this is our place and we will never lose it. I've got so many ideas. Um, they're boiling inside of me, and I can't wait to kind of show you where we're going. I, I want to I extend this building. I want to build a building next door that'll house a school. I, I want to buy the property next door. I don't, I don't want, because if I buy it, I don't want them to know that. <laughs> kind of like Disney does. <laughs> you all understand that? Yeah. All right. I got a lot of ideas. Um, and then we're going to give it to Justin, and I'm going to go to Colorado and live. <laughs> no, not really. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I'm, I'm, here for a little, I'm here for a little while. I'm not dead yet. I got a long ways to go. And uh, so anyway, we've got a lot of things we want to do. And I thank God for you guys. And I want you to dream with me. I want you to catch a vision with me. The children and the people in this church, especially the Nickies and the people that are having babies, 
they have a right, your children having babies, they got a right to come to a school where it's safe. And you know what they're hearing and learning is right. And, and I mean, we're going to teach, we're going to start teaching them political science in first grade, if I can get away with it, teach them who, who Paul Revere and John, George Washington really were, you know. I have a lot of ideas. And um, right now they're just, I'm just dreaming. But everything I've ever done is just started with a big dream I had, you know, and, and the God we serve is a very big God. So having said that, um, let's pray over the offering, let's pray over the building. Father God, I want to thank you for the offerings, uh, this tonight and in this church and the people that support it. I pray over businesses, that they would grow, they'd be protected. Angels watch over the businesses in this church and the men and the women of God who own them and run them. And if someone here works for someone else, watch over those businesses. We thank you for the governor of our state and the stand that he's taken and you keep him in that seat. And Father God, we believe in prosperity and we believe that you set aside Florida to be a very special place in the end time move of God. And we give you glory and honor that we could be a part of that in Jesus' name. Bibles out and um, the sermon is called more than bread it's not about eating not food uh, there you go that looks like a good loaf and we're going to talk about the word I want to talk about the word one of the the heartbeats of mine and 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 I say this because I want you to hook up with me 22 years of age I knew a scripture one scripture Thank God I learned that. And I got born again. I guess I became the hungriest man on the planet. I want to know. I want to know. What's my, what did Jesus do? And I mean, it was like God supernaturally just gave me a hunger and a half. And I, I dove into the Word of God. And when I first began to pick up my Bible and read it, honestly, it didn't make a lick of sense. I mean, I read stuff and I'm like, eh, that's good and that's not good. And one day I think I'm saved, next thing I'm going to hell. And, you know, I mean, it's just a. And, and I have a, a real heart for people who are learning the word. But if you're a born again Christian, you need to know your Bible. And you need to know scriptures. And um, I have a, 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 a. I'd like to do something one day. I won't do it unless the Lord says. But I like to drag you guys out of your chair and bring you up here and see how many scriptures you can quote from memory. And I like to get the teenagers and see how many we could teach them. Maybe pay them to learn the Bible, you know. I don't know. We'll just figure out some way to get them to learn the word. And the children in children's church, we're going to start talking to Jeannie and make sure those kids can quote the word. So really, and we're going to go after it. We're going to go after it tonight. Because sometimes you think that what I'm going to preach tonight is basic. No, no. It's life. It's life. Now, I'm going to quote a scripture that, that is not, I didn't give you. You can plop it in if you want to, see how fast you are. Hebrews 4.12. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Lord gave me what I believe is next Wednesday's sermon. Are you all ready? 
the toolbox. Now, here's what I want to do next, next Wednesday night. That's what I want to do. I want to teach you how to take primary scriptures and turn them into confessions and print them out for you to start learning to confess the word because I've never actually memorized a scripture. I've never said, I'm going to memorize that scripture. I've never done that. Well, I did one. I did one. But I've learned them by confessing them. If any man, me, is in Christ, I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything became new. And all of this is of God who, who reconciled and gave me the ministry of reconciliation. And I'm forgiven. And he forgave every iniquity. He healed every disease. He's redeemed my life from destruction. Crowned me with loving kindness, tender mercy, so that my youth is renewed like an eagle's. See, I don't, I don't, I don't memorize scriptures. But I, I open my Bible and I personalize scriptures. Because I want that, I want that in me. And so starting next Wednesday night, I want to do a lot more because uh, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. A lot of you know scriptures. If you'd put them in your mouth, they'd go to work. And sometimes you just need, what I'm going to say is coaching. Now, these guys who teach basketball, let me tell you something about coaching. The coach doesn't mean that that's the best basketball player on the team. It just means that he knows how to get you where you need to go. So coaching you, sometimes it's helpful to come in here with a bunch of scriptures and get you guys to just, on a Wednesday night, let's just quote some word here. Let's just quote some word and quote what you're believing for and just let it get, you know, it, gets, it becomes habitual when you say it and you say it and you say it. And after a while, it becomes more of a habit to quote that scripture than to not. And you'd be surprised how much of that gets in you just because you began. So I'm going I'm, I'm to get off my subject a little bit, so just, let, just go with me for a minute here. John Wesley preached salvation by works until he was in his 50s. He wasn't born again. He's a preacher, ordained preacher of the gospel and wasn't born again because he was earning his salvation. And he got a hold of the Moravians and got down in Germany, the people that came out from under Martin Luther, and they taught him grace. He said, I don't believe it. And, a, and one of the German preachers said, preach it till you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read that. I'm, and when I'm reading his, his book, the book is boring. That's why we're not using it as a textbook. You know, when you, when you want to know something, you've got to read a lot of boring stuff to find the gold. And I read a whole boring book with two really neat chapters. <laughs> One of them was when he was on his way to the U.S., not saved, and, and got in a storm and feared for his life. And the Moravians were singing and worshiping God. And he came down and said, how is it you're not afraid to die? And they said, because we're born again, we're saved. And, and he was not. He was going to Georgia to earn his salvation by preaching to Indians, that would be a very humble thing to, to put his flesh under and to do something he hated to do. That would earn his salvation. So he went to a gutter. He went to, a, he went to, a, um, he went to the slums, and he found a drunk, a drunken bum, to test grace on. He said, I don't, he wasn't even a Christian. He said, I want to see if this works. 
and he preached grace and the drunken bum got saved. He said, the drunken bum can't earn it. He's, he's almost dead. And the drunken bum got born again. And Wesley, because of that, began to preach something he didn't believe. And he, after preaching it a while, he believed it. And he got born again preaching his own sermons. Are y'all understanding how sometimes I like to read something like, I'm, I'm one of these guys that goes, I don't know how you, I don't know how this works. I need to know how this works. And I'll study all, I'll read all kind of stuff to find something. And when I found out about Wesley, it just lit my fire and I went, oh, glory to God. See, sometimes you can confess something. You don't even believe it yourself. Confess it till you do. Get it in your, it's true anyway. You're the problem. But see, salvation was true. He just needed to preach salvation by Jesus' blood alone. And while he's preaching, he doesn't even believe what he's preaching. People are getting saved and he's not. Y'all are so exciting. So anyway, the word works. The word always works. The word works. If you want to work, if you want the word to work, work the word. So Hebrews 4, the word of God is living. Not a normal book. This is not a normal book. So I'm, we're going to talk tonight. We will not treat this book lightly. This needs to be primary in your life and my life from here on. You, you drop your Bible and go ahead and figure on your life, turn it into a real royal mess, okay? The Word is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can even pierce the, the, the division between your soul and your spirit. And it is the only thing that will show you the difference between your soul and your spirit. Because nothing in the natural will show you there is a difference in the two. Nothing. There's no scientific evidence. Follow the science. There isn't any. This is the only one that will show you that you are, you are a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. Without the book, you don't know it. You don't know that you're perfect, but yet imperfect. So, so the word is living. If it's living, what good is it until you eat it? None. Go to Deuteronomy. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8. I'm not going to go a little, all, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, so you guys just have fun. Deuteronomy 8, and we're going to read the scripture Jesus quoted. And in a minute, if you're good boys and girls, oh, I'm not in class. Okay, um, I'll tell you why I'm doing this. Well, I'll, I'll just kind of tell you right now. I'm, I'm a little astounded at how many Christians don't know the Bible at all. At all. I mean, just basic nothing. Yeah. I walk in a lawyer's office and look at all the books, and this guy tells me he read them. And I'm going, well, you know what? You've left the most important one out. Uh-huh. And, and Christians, and, and don't get mad at me for giving years, five years, 10, 20, 30, 40 years in born again, most of them can't quote 10, 15 scriptures. Most of them couldn't tell you how someone got saved if their life depended on it and been to church. Going to church and walking with God is not the same thing. They're not, they're not synonymous. It's a good start. Depends on the church you go to. Deuteronomy 8.3, let's read it. 
And he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger. He's talking about the children of Israel in the desert. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Without the Bible, you're dead. And I'm not talking about just the new birth. I'm talking about it is food. One of the things I love is to eat. Now, lately, I've lost 15 pounds and I've started learning how to fast. I always hated not eating. It was obvious. But I love to eat. And so now I'm doing a thing called intermittent fasting where I don't eat until about 10 or noon. And then I eat breakfast and then I eat dinner at 6 and then hopefully, if all goes well, I don't eat again until the next day at 12. And then I'm letting my body recover. I'm letting it get healthier and I'm, I've cut out all sugar and i cut out all bread and just eating vegetables and protein and just, just, just eating really healthy. Um, it's, I'm finding out it's real hard to go someplace and eat and it's hard to go to people's houses where they go, ah, it really don't matter. It matters. Yeah, it matters. And so um, I've had to carry my own ketchup with me and my own salad dressing with me, unless it's olive oil and vinegar. And sometimes I'm not sure about your olive oil and vinegar anyway. So, so I'm learning. So I, I'm having to learn to re-eat. But, but uh, for a man that loves to eat, eating is a fun time. But, but re reading the Word of God should be a part of your life. I mean, a daily, daily. If this, is, if this is life, you need this more than food. You need it more than food. So Jesus, when the wilderness quoted that scripture, when Satan said, you know, turn these stones into bread, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone. In other words, that's not primary right now. The primary is the will of God for me, and that stone being turned to bread is not primary. I'm not, I'm not going to eat. Now, I used to trap animals, you know, and I know that that shocks some of y'all and it grosses you out. But, you know, it, uh, I used to run trap lines up and down the rivers near my house. And, and in the creeks, I'd take a number two trap, open it up, tie it to a stump or, and put it underwater where the animal can't smell it and put a sardine on the bank. Come back the next day and there's a big raccoon in it. Because if you want to trap something, use food. You want to trap Adam and Eve, use food. Satan wants to trap you. He's, he's going to go after your appetite. So sometimes you need to change your appetite and make the word more appetizing than the world. Now, I'm going to tell you another story right now, and I'm just kind of flowing by the Holy Ghost. When I got born again, I was real addicted to sugar. I mean, and I was, I was fat with no muscles. Okay, and I mean, I was absolutely the Pillsbury Doughboy at that time. Now, and, and one of the things that I loved every day was chocolate milk and singers. Every day at break in the morning, I would go by the machine, I'd get me a chocolate milk and a big zinger. And I mean, I just ate them hell or high water. I ate my chocolate milk and my zinger. And it became real obvious that I liked them. And one day the Lord spoke to me, and I hadn't been born again but just a few months, and he said, uh, you, need to, you need to fast sugar. I'm like, oh, no, no, Jesus, anything but not singers. 
And I remembered when I fasted sugar for a month. And, 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 and every day I'd walk by the machine, and you don't think that Zinger can talk. It, the Zinger talks. Eat me. And I'm, I'm like over there talking to the machine. No, I'm not going to eat you. Morgan, who are you talking to? The Zinger is talking to me. But I remember this, and Melanie will vouch, I think it was about 30 days, a craving for green beans and broccoli and turnip greens. And I remembered the day that I woke up and went, I want some beans. And I'm thinking, what happened to me? Because when your body gets all of it out, it starts craving what's good for it. And I'm going to say this to you because sometimes you need to cut the world off and go back to your body and your spirit craving the word. If you've lost a desire to read your Bible, you're feeding on the world too much. You need to fast. The television, your phone, your phone, and your phone. And if you're still on ABC, NBC, and CBS, and I hate to say that because I don't like to cuss in church or speak foul language. The Bible says let no foul word come out of your mouth. So I don't say ABC, CBS, and NBC often, but I will occasionally. But I please forgive me for the vulgarity, but don't, don't fast it. Cut it. Kill it. Shoot it. If I had a TV and that's all it was on there, I'd get my handgun and blow a hole in the middle of it and throw it in the road. People ask me all the time about certain TV shows, you know, and I'm going, does anybody here, we, I, don't even, I don't even know what's, what's on. I haven't seen a TV show in, well, we've watched a little bit of Hallmark. We do watch a few good Movies, oh Lord, if, if y'all know any good, clean movies, we're always like, is there anything any good? And occasionally we stumble on something, stumble, and I mean, we have the times we go, Whoop, turn it off, that's it, no, I ain't doing that. get your Bible out, okay. So Psalm, so Psalm Deuteronomy 8, man, man does not live by bread alone. Go to Psalm 119, and I want to just start reading. When I got born again, when I got, and I go back to that a lot. When, when I, November 16, 1975, God said, get your Bible. Uh, a combination of reading books and the Bible. But I developed such a hunger to know it. And when the Lord would show me something, a lot of times I tell you the stories. As a matter of fact, when, now the school's over. Next Tuesday night. I start writing, well, I'm going to finish writing my books. And I'm taking all the stories that he's told me and I'm putting them in book so people can read them. So, so the stories that he told me were him explaining and then I'd get my Bible out and I'd find it like 2 Corinthians 5.17 and I'd read it. When he told me the story, I'd never read 2 Corinthians 5.17 in my whole life. I learned it driving down the road in a pickup truck. The Lord quoted the scripture to me and I'm going, where's that? Never heard it before. Never heard anybody preach it. So anyway, Psalm 119. Let's read. Starting one. 
Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were direct, directed to keep your statutes. And I would not be ashamed when I look into your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. I will not forsake, they, oh, don't forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? Good question. By taking heed according to the word. I wrote this down. The word will separate you from the world and the world will separate you from the word of God. If you want to get out of the world, get in the word of God. It'll get you out of the world. All right, li listen, listen to me. If you are doing things immoral, if you're not in church, if you're not praying, if you're, if you're out of church and you love it, you're not reading the Bible. There's no way to read the Word and be comfortable living the way people live. No, it can't, you can't do it. I pick up the Bible and I go, I'm going to read that scripture. And 10 minutes into it, I'm going, hallelujah. And 10 more minutes, I'm going, help me, Jesus. Because the word cleanses you. The word is a mirror. It shows you what is really on your face. And you know what? Sometimes you don't want to hear the relatives, the in-laws, especially the grandma and the grandpa. And let me tell you something about grandmas and grandpas, and let me help you out a little bit. You, you must raise a standard in your home, and you must let the kids and the grandkids know this is the standard, and we don't change it just because the world around us is. So grandma's coming over and talk to you about sex, and we're going to talk to you about boys and girls, and we're going to talk to you about what's going on in the world today and we're going to drag a Bible out and read it to you because I'm not trying to be your friend and I am your mother. I just happen to be the grand one. And I'm going to read a scripture to you and listen, if you'll read it to them and leave it with them, that word will work on the inside. If they don't want to hear you preach, read the Bible to them. Open them and say, hey, we have a Bible good. Let me just read a scripture to you and leave you here to suffer in your bed all night as I read this. So, and sometimes you do. And I don't mean to be mean about it. I'm talking about you being mean and ugly and hard to get along with. I'm just talking about say, hallelujah, let's just read a scripture, y'all. <laughs> and then you pull one out and say, the adulterers and adulterers will not make it to heaven. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and leave them there. And let them go. Grandma, I didn't know that was in there. Well, shame on your mama, but it's in there. <laughs> so you and I are going to have to start. Come on, I know y'all are. We're going to have to start raising up a standard in our generation of right versus wrong, and uh, I'm not bending. So uh, if, if you don't get invited to the birthday party, <laughs> you know why. All right. How can a young man or a young woman cleanse their way? No way except the word. No, you cannot change 
a teenager or a child without a Bible. Unless until they pick up a Bible and they're reading the Bible or someone's reading it to them, you can forget them ever changing. And you better believe they'll go the way of the world. They're hearing it more than they are the Word. But the Word is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Honey, it is food. It'll feed their spirit. It'll get them out of the mess. And it'll change them into the man or the woman, the God or the child you want them to be. Don't trust anything else to do it. Church, where they're having fun and having pizza and everybody likes each other because that's where their friends are, forget it. Send them to one where someone's preaching the word. And don't tell me that a five-year-old sitting in my service doesn't understand what I said. They get it. As a matter of fact, they'll get it sometimes. When you get home, if you didn't get it, ask your kid. If you think they're not smart, give them your phone and they'll show you how smart they are. Oh, I walked into Walmart one day and I was trying to mess with this little instrument, trying to get it, and a little girl, I mean, I mean, that high. And, and I'm over there messing with something, and I said, and she came up, she says, hold on, sir, and there you go. And I'm like, you smart little kid, you, you know? All right, if you knew the Bible that well, baby, you'd be a missionary. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking a heed according to your word, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me tell you a secret. It will keep you. Yeah. Honey, you have no idea how many temptations I've been in. And I'm thinking of Joseph saying, God, this would not please God. And I'm going, oh, that scripture is popping up in front of my face. And while this pretty girl is tempting me. And I'm going, I think I'm going to have to leave. The scriptures are talking to me. I tell you, you can't lie if you have the Bible in you. You can't sin. You can't live in sin with the Bible in you. You can't, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now, and I'm going to make, make you mad. I, 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 I can't even leave my buggy in the parking lot. <laughs> I have too much Bible. I mean, I pull it out and I push it out and I go, oh, no. Back to too much. I got so much Bible in me. There's a scripture due unto others as you'd have. If this was your store, how would you want? And what do you want? If that thin you'd hit your truck, what would you want? What do you think you ought to do with that buggy? And I'm like, just one buggy, God. He says, one buggy beans two, two's three, three. And I'm going, okay. And I put it up. I tell you what, when you get that way, you know you're saved. <laughs> don't worry about me stealing. I don't even steal buggies. I don't, you know, I mean, your word I hid in my heart. How do you do it? You, you got to put it in. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all of your judgments of your mouth, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in statutes. I'll not forget your word. Wow. I mean, he makes a big deal out of the word of God. And I'm going to read you a couple more in here. Uh, Psalm 119, 47. I will delight myself in your commandments, which... I love. 
I will delight myself in your commandments. I love. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how anybody makes it, but it, there, you, you know, I've had days that were just the bad days. They're just bad days. They're just bad. Bad. Um, and no, no one could lift me. No, I mean, I'm, it's just, I mean, I know y'all never had one, but just, I'll preach to myself here just a minute. And yet I'll open up to Psalm 34 and I'll go, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast. The humble will hear and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name. I sought him. He has heard me. He will deliver me from all of my fears. I have looked to him and I'm radiant. My face will not be ashamed. This poor man cried. The Lord has heard me. He will save me out of all my troubles. The angel is encamped around me and because I fear him, he delivers him. Taste Daryl and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. There's no lack to those that fear him. Yeah, the young lions, they get so hungry, they suffer. And those who seek the Lord, I will lack no good things. Many are the afflictions of even the righteous, but the Lord delivers me out of them all. Now you tell me how, how long I'm staying sad. Down. No. I'm, it, 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 a, good, a good 60 seconds and I'm out of it. I'm out of my depression because I've changed my focus from what's wrong to what's right, from who can't to who can. And then I'll go to Psalm 37. And I went through a season in my life where I read these three or four or five times every day for a year. Just these two scriptures. Don't fret because of evildoers. Well, this is good for America. Don't be envious of workers of iniquities. We will see that party cast down and wither. Trust the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust him. He'll bring it to pass. He'll bring your righteousness as light, your justice like a noonday. Rest in him. Be patient. Don't fret because of the parties, both of them, that are prospering in their way and the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. Don't get mad. Don't run around mad about it. Forsake wrath. It only causes harm. Evildoers will soon be cut off. Oh, glory to God. Trump, read this. And who, those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth, and a little while on the wicked will be no more. Woo! I don't know what the news said. I don't know what epic news said, but I'll tell you what Jesus said. In a little while, they'll be gone. The righteous have never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. That means you're not going to go hungry. Don't worry about it. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Indeed, you're going to look for him and he's not even going to be around. You're going to go, where are those people? And they're going to be going, oh, they all died. Never mind. I know that didn't help you. All right, here's another one. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Verse 89. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth. It abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all of your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me. I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, and, but I consider your word. I have, I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceeding broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. And, and for, oh, listen, it'll make you, I, I got to stop here in a minute, preach on this a minute. It'll, for they are ever with me. 
I have more understanding than even my teachers and your testimonies or my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. One of the things that pleased me was that when Justin, Jordan, and Josh Brown were working in Pentair, the old men, the older men came to Justin and Josh Brown and asking them questions about being married. How is it you have men, 40, 50, 60, asking young men wisdom? When you have a table and you got a kid 20-something years old instructing all the old people. And they asked him one day, said, where'd you learn all this? He said, Bible. I'm going to tell on John Maxwell. Can I tell on him? Say yes. yes. Some people are slow. I love his books on leadership. But when I was at one of his meetings one day, I stayed over on a Sunday, and he had a church service because people are there on Sunday. They're not, most of them are not born again. And uh, someone came to him and said, John, where did you learn all of this? And he said, you don't want to know. And he said, yes, I do want to know. He said, no, you really don't want to know where I've learned all of my leadership principles. Y'all know where I'm going. And he said, no, I'm not going to tell you because you don't want to really know. He says, I want to know where you learned this. He said, I learned it in the Bible. I want you to think about the greatest leadership businessman walking the planet got it all out of the Bible. Imagine what you could know. Think about that for a moment. I've often said, I wished I knew what I know when I was, now when I was 20. Does anybody relate to that? Yes. I'll come over here and preach. Don't you wish when you were 20 you had what you know now? Just take your brain out, send it back in time, and stuff it in and go, oh, I would have so many things I would not have done. And, and things I would have invested in. Did you know God has the same thought? I'd like to take my brain and put it in yours for a few minutes and you wouldn't be so stupid. Imagine a 20-year-old with the mind of Christ. The wisdom of, of, the, of, of ages. Can you? Yes. You can. Will you? Say, I will. I'm going to tell you something. When the boys were growing up, Lisa had a little time in the house called Bible time. And it was not optional. You learn. You, she, we homeschooled them, and they learned to read the Bible. Man, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can ask Josh Morgan a question. He can quote scripture. <laughs> okay, kid. That's good, boy. <laughs> and he can tell you how much everything weighs, too. Anyway. Your, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You're not going to get messed up. So let me say it kindly. You'll stop making stupid mistakes if you'll pick your Bible up. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna, I know that. 
I, I, I want you to take it personal. This was not for someone else in the room. I know you were thinking of who needed to hear that, but let's get personal right now for just a moment. Draw a circle around you and go, I think he's talking to me. And I, and I, and I got to tell you this, me too. Oh, there's things I'm going on with. I knew that. I should have known that a lot better. It would save me $50,000. But I'll tell you this. I thank God that I learned to be led by the Spirit. I learned to hear the voice of God, the Holy Ghost. Because I was married once and it was not God. And I was married a second time and it was. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you know, it's no. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't be here in this church if it wasn't for the knowing this scripture, your word is a lamp to my feet. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not wondering what to do. Right. I know what to do. Yeah. I got, someone said, well, I don't know what the will of God is. Right there. Yeah. Real good. Just read it. Amen. You say, well, it doesn't say we're in a life in there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> follow after love, follow after peace. Okay, let me see. I think there's there any more in here. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Great peace. Have those who love your law. Amen. Nothing causes them to stumble. Yeah. Another translation says they will never be offended. Amen. People Amen. offended, they don't read their Bible. Right. You read the Bible, you can't get offended. Amen. Well, you can, but you won't stay there. Right. Yeah. Amen. An offense is Satan's way of trapping you. So if you get in the Word of God, it'll, it'll, it'll keep you healthy. It'll keep you in the right track. You'll have a better life. Yeah. All right, let's go to another one. Um, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Does anybody know that there's a difference in money and prosperity? You can have money and not be prosperous. The word prosperity means a full supply. There are things, prosperity is when God is working with even without money. I'm not against money. But there's things money can't buy. What about people you need to meet? That's not money. There's ideas that you need in your head. That's not money. There's favor people will give you. That's not money. Yeah. Amen. They'll honor you and give you, and you'll go, what'd you do it for? I don't know. The Lord dealt with me, and I just felt to do it. I've had sinners. I've got to tell you a story. It was the funniest thing, and Lisa, she, you know, she wasn't a part of it. She wouldn't be a part of it. She decided to opt out. <laughs> we're on an airplane. I don't remember where we were going, but this, one of the stewardesses looked at me, and decided I was someone. I didn't say anything. You remember this lady? And pulled me up and set me in the seat with the leg room. And I said, Lisa, you want to come up? She goes, I'm good. She sat in the, in the crunchy seat. 
And I'm over there just laughing, praying in the Holy Ghost. And she comes by and she looks at me and she's like, who is he? And I know what she's thinking. I'm one of these guys that's on the plane to watch the stewardesses to see how they do. <laughs> and so she comes and she says, is there anything I can get for you? I said, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. And, it, and I sent her into first class to get me some food. And she brought it to me. <laughs> and so I dropped a couple of aviation words. Oh, I did. I did. I did. I, 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 I dropped a couple. And she's like, and then she comes by and she looks around the corner. She goes, uh, can I ask who you are? And I said, no. And she goes, okay. And then a few minutes later, she comes back. Is there anything else I can get for you? All the way, I played it. Lisa's, Lisa's back there going, you are so bad. <laughs> but why not? That's favor. Yes, She's seeing something, and I, I'm not going to go, it's the glory. I'm not going to tell her the truth. Oh, I ate out of first class. I had a great seat. I got water with ice in it. I got peripheral treatment the whole flight. And I got up, and she goes, Mr. Morgan, have a good day. And I said, I'll remember you. And when I turned around, I said, in prayer. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm telling you all the truth. That happened, didn't it? I, I went up there. Oh, I know you weren't up there. You didn't come. Oh, you didn't hear all this. You usually hear everything. Isn't, isn't it fun when God wants, isn't it fun when God wants to bless you? And somebody just has this, I, I, I just, I don't know why, but you're, you are important. And I said, I am. But I didn't tell her anything. I didn't tell her nothing. And I'll tell you one thing you can do. Just, are y'all okay if we change that? Just, I'm going to just mess with y'all a minute. If you know a little bit of each language, mm -hmm. they think you know them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, you know, yo quiero la quinta. And then, and then, and then, and then, that's three languages. I don't know them. <laughs> that's all I know out of two of them, just that. But you know, it's, it's funny how people go, I think he's important. And I go, I am. And they do stuff for you because they think you're important. And I've asked the Lord, I said, is that deceit? Don't answer. <laughs> Lord, forgive her. She knows not what she does. Aren't, but, but have you ever just had the word will promote you? And you'll have favor with God and man. Yes. And I've had times that people just did things for me, and they don't know why they're doing them. Amen. Okay, that's enough of that. Psalm 1. That's all of that had to do with this, trying to take off on Psalm 1. <laughs> Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his word, his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Rivers is a constant source of water, not dependent on what's happening in the sky. See, a lot of times income for people is based on what's happening in the economy, but not the man in the word. It's not. He's got a source coming that's going to feed him so he's prospering when others are not. All right, you get that? And he will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in its season. In other words, when it's the season, you will bring forth fruit and you won't miss a season. Whose leaf will not wither and whatever, 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 whatever you do will prosper. And, and here's how I read that, Zach. Some people are looking and going, I wish I had a better job. Let me tell you something. God can take the one you got that you, that, and I mean, it's like a job, and he can make it to where you're blessed in that. You're making money where nobody else is making any money. And I mean, he's teaching you how to do that job better than anybody else could do that job and giving you favor. See, see, I'm convinced, and I know people disagree with me. I believe I can do anything I want to do. I can learn anything I want to learn. So I'm going to go back and tell you a story. When God got me a job laying blocks, I, I got to tell y'all, <laughs> uh, it's not exactly a glorious way to make a living. But there was good money in it. So every day, I was a laborer. That's the flunky. Everybody hollers at me. I grabbed a trial out of my boss's bucket, and I jumped on the wall and started laying block. Well, he hollered, get off the wall. I'd run off the wall, but I'd hide his trial in my pocket. And within two to three months, he put me on the wall, and he left me there. Because I'm now laying block. I'm more valuable on the wall than I am making mud. I'm not waiting on you. And then when he'd read prints, I'd go watch him. What are you doing, Morgan? Uh, nothing, just, what's that? None of your business. Uh, let me, can I have that when y'all are done? Wow. Study him. Well, one day, that job ended. I won't tell you how. And I got my, I went and bought me a trial. And I showed up at another masonry place as a mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a laborer. Right. Asked me how much I wanted. I added two or three bucks to it and told him, and I, they hired me. Right. Don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. No, See, if you don't believe in me, I believe in me. Yeah. And so I had a man one time say to me, if I was a mason, I'd, I'd own the company. And I went, nah, I think I, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I can do what you do. So I got the prints, and I started studying them. And one day they made me a foreman because I can read prints. Right. Wow. I took the prints, stretched them out, and said, you have to act right. You know. All right, everybody, let's get to work. <laughs> Never mind, y'all. Are... There's a word in the world, and I know that this is not scriptural. Fake it till you make it. You think you're the boss? I'm the boss. Morgan, you the boss? I'm the boss. I couldn't fire nobody. I couldn't hire nobody, but I'm the boss. 
you got to act like the boss even if you ain't the boss. One day they came out to the job site and they'd bring all the reports for me to sign. And the owner of the company go, what are you doing, Morgan? I said, I'm signing for all the blocks and the concrete. And he goes, give me that, that's mine. And I said, well, they brought it to me because look, I look like I'm the boss. Uh, well, you're not. I said, I know, but I look like I'm the boss. And, I, and really, I am the boss. <laughs> I'm hoping that y'all are getting this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, Joseph put him in prison. He's running it. I read that one day and went, if I went to jail, I would be the warden. Well, y'all are fun. Why not, if you're in a bad situation, why not make, why not make the best out of it? What was it, Isaac and Laban? Was it Jacob and Laban? Jacob and Laban. He got shafted. How many times did his father-in-law shaft him? And he left with his daughters and all of his money. We're Jewish too. We're Jewish too. Zach's the only one up there going, hallelujah. And whatever he does will prosper. When Justin was working for um, Fridays, they put him on the door. And I said, I want you to do the best job you can and believe for money. You know, and, I, and I started talking to him about the way he carries himself and the way he handles himself. I said, act like you own this business. Oh, boy. We all want to go down this road a little more. When I worked at Certain Teed, I began to work there as though it was mine. Mm -hmm. And the boss came to me and says, why do you work so hard? I said, well, I don't really work for you. I work for him. He goes, well, I don't know who you're working for. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm not working for, I'm, I, don't wanna, I don't need a labor. I don't need a, a union. Right. Yeah. I don't need a union. Yeah. I got there early. I, I treated it. I worked like if I owned it, how would I want someone to work for me? And I became so valuable everywhere I went that one day my boss said, Morgan, you know we hate you. I said, yes, I do. Because I tell them about Jesus all the time. And they're all there drinking and their girlfriends. That's not a very good mix. And I said, why do you keep me? He said, you're the only mm -hmm, that we know will be here. And, and I'm his best worker. You're my best mason. You're my best worker, but we hate you. I said, well, thank you. Have a good day. And I said, by the way, God is blessing you because I work here. He won't let you go broke because I need a paycheck. He said, someone's blessing me. I said, watch that Morgan and take care of him. You said, that's arrogant. It's true. Okay, y'all, 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 y'all. Proverbs 10, 22. Just pop it on the screen. Say the word. The blessing of the Lord will make you rich. And he'll add no sorrow with it. That's the difference 
and getting it through the word and getting it through sweat. The blessing of God will make you rich. Reading your Bible is not a waste of your time. As a matter of fact, if you parents want to teach your kids business, open up the book of Proverbs and start teaching them right now. There's not a better business book that ever been written on the earth than the man named Solomon and some of it David and Moses. You can't buy a better business book than the book of Proverbs. Yeah. And did you know that every business in America that has ever made it and stayed successful built their businesses on godly principles? Yeah. They treat their employees well. Okay, while I was at Raymond, they bought some businessmen, one of the guy from Frito-Lay, and they brought him in, and they, and, and they interviewed him in front of us students, and they said, how come Frito-Lay is successful? He said, because we treat all of our employees like we want to be treated, and we believe in living for God and tithing, and he says, we have never struggled financially as a company, and the employees, see, Chick-fil-A people love working there. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, there, it's a difference between having a godly business and an ungodly business. All right. All right. Uh, James 1. How am I doing? Oh, good. James 1. Woo! I'm trying to get, all I'm trying to do is get you to read your Bible. This is a whole lot of work just to try to get you to start reading your Bible. James 1. But I'm going to say this to you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I am concerned. I'm not preaching this just to preach it. I'm actually concerned. I've had people during this time that we're living in. Um, one lady didn't say it to me, and I won't tell you who said it. It doesn't matter. Um, we were talking about the, the racial issues that are going on. And she said, well, I, I, I believe in uh, voting for the Democratic ticket because, you know, I, God forbid my daughter ever got pregnant, but she, I would like to know that she could get an abortion if she needed to. And I'm like, where do you go to church? And she'd been here for a while, and I went, and I walked away, and I said, Father, what happened? And he said, real plain, she's never read her Bible. She don't read her Bible at all. And I went, wow, boy, that's obvious. What are you doing? If you, are you here and you're not reading your Bible? Really? I'm going to challenge you something. Don't come back until you start reading it. You, get it. you fall in love with the Word. If you don't love your Bible, you don't love the Lord. Uh, that may be hard because I can show you in 1 John. They that love God love his commandments. If you don't love his commandments, you don't love God. Don't shout me down. You're, you're, you're wasting your time. If you're going to go to hell, go to hell. But don't go to church and go to hell. Don't go to hell miserable. Never mind. Don't do anything halfway. Get in, get in. You're going to be a Christian, be a Christian. Be the best Christian on the planet. Amen. Do you see that? Do you understand that? If you're going to do it, do it. Don't play. 
I have a regret, and I don't have a lot of them, but I have a few. And I hate to tell y'all because y'all remember all my bad stuff. And, and no matter what I tell you I did good, you, you uh, walk away tonight and go, I remembered what he said that he did bad, and I'll never forget it. But when I was in school, I goofed off too much. Man, I wish I could go back and take those days again. I really do. Because I, I have such a hunger now for knowledge. And I, and I regret that my high school years, I just goofed off. I had the brains, I just didn't use them. And now, you know, I'll ask Lisa, how do you spell a word? And I'll always go, man, why did I goof off in school? Don't think too bad of me. Um, because I can smoke you in math. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and you got to be able to when you're doing 180 miles an hour and you got to do a math problem in your head. You better be able to do math, okay? Yeah. Or you'll all die. Never mind. Well, I'm not flying with you. Well, the other guy out there is doing math too. So James, um, James 1.21. This is such a powerful scripture. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now, that's not your spirit. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving who? Yourself. Yourself. Now, this lady I was talking about a while ago, I didn't give your name. It's not, it's not destructive criticism. She's deceived. Yes. And right now, um, I was talking to Karen a while ago about how many Christians are so deceived. Yeah. The, that's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. And your kids' fault. And your grandkids' fault. It's their fault. Yeah. Because they put the word down. You will be deceived if you don't know the book. You will be deceived. Yes, yes. And you'll go through life thinking that everything's going to go on the way it is and you're going to have a happy life and it's all going to turn out rosy. And it does not. There, it, it, the Bible says, I think it's right here, Whatever a man sows, that and that only. Say only. Only. 100% of the things you do wrong will come home. Yeah. They will. They are coming home. Yeah. You will eat it. Yeah. Get it under the blood. Right. Do you need this? You, yeah, because without this... You will not have a good life. I don't care what school you went to. That's right. You understand me? The, spirit, the, 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 the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. I mean, you teach them the Bible before you ever send them out of their house. They better know the word, and it's not Josh's job or, or Jeannie's job to teach your kids the Bible. It is yours to teach them the Bible. Don't come and get mad at me because Josh ain't doing a good job. He's doing all he can with what you handed him. I know that didn't go over real good, and just mark it off the tape if you don't like it. No, I'll just leave it there. Okay. Be a doer of the word. That means you're not reading it to understand it. You're reading it to do it. I had a man one time says, I don't understand the Bible. I said, you don't have to. Just do it. I said, do you know what patience is? He said, yes. I said, now do it. I said, that'll keep you busy for a week and come back and see me again next week. And we'll hit the word kind. Listen, you don't have to worry about whether you understand it. He didn't tell you how to understand it. 
Be a doer of the Word of God. I mean, read it to do it. Find what he said and do what he said do, and your life will come out all right. All right. Um, be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. If anyone is a hearer of the Word, just sitting in church and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And let me tell you, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, continues, continues, continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man will be blessed in whatever he does. You come to church and you hear a sermon like tonight, you take notes and you go home and you meditate on the scriptures I gave you. Or, or you just wasted your time. Don't get mad at me. Go home and go, hey, now what were those scriptures? About the word of God. I think I'm going to start reading my Bible and start getting me some scriptures out. I'm going to start meditating on some stuff I need to be doing the word of God. Take it to heart and, and, and act on it this week. Don't look at me and tell me I go to church. All right, I got one more. Matthew 9. Just, just, just. And, and this is the one I want to read to every teenager on the planet. Don't, don't get mad at me. But there was a time in church where there were songs written. And, and there's one, and I don't know it, but it talked about when they read the word, don't it make you tremble? Tremble. I'm going to tell you, there's times I've read my Bible and just shook because it was changing me. I'm reading it going, oh, praise God. If I didn't know 1 John 1, 9, thank you that I know about the blood. Oh, there's been times that... I've done things and missed it and got under condemnation and the Holy Spirit take a scripture inside of me and bring it up and go, 1 John 1, 9 says, I'll forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Boy, I'm glad I put that in my heart. And there was days when things weren't going well and 1 Peter 5, 7, and you cast all your cares on me. I care about all that happens to you. And that word is talking to me. And he always causes me to triumph. And greater is he that is in me if God is for me. And, and, you, and, and there's, the Holy Spirit takes those scriptures and, just, and I call them pop-ups. And they pop up, right? I'm dealing with something and all of a sudden I get a scripture and I go, oh, Thank you, Jesus, for that. Just, it only takes one. And about five minutes later, I'm singing instead of crying. Anybody been there? Anybody else been there? Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. I've had devil, the devil work for weeks and weeks and weeks to trap me. And the blood can end it all. That fast. Just like that. <laughs> and you go, poor devil. Poor devil. Thought you had me. But the Holy Ghost gave me the answer. Hallelujah. I don't know how people live without the Bible. All right. I've got one more to read. 721. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But he who does the will of my Father. Many will say, Hadn't we prophesied in your name and cast out devils 
and I'll declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you people who are practicing lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended and the floods came. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you and listen to me very carefully. The rains will come, the floods will come. The rain will come, the flood will come. If you live in Florida, it's not if, you will have a hurricane. You understand me? And, and, and if you built your house right, you just go to sleep. See, I built our addition. I built it. It has a lot of steel and concrete in it. And I put an air-conditioned system completely separate from the rest of the house that doesn't take a lot of amperage to run it. I put the lights on a complete different panel. I put a complete different septic system for that bathroom. I have, I have two septic systems. And uh, when it's raining outside, we're sleeping. And if you lose power, I crank up a generator that will run half my house. But I, was, I wasn't hoping it wouldn't rain. I know it's going to rain. So I'm getting ready before it happens. And I know that in the days ahead, it'll rain. I know there are storms. So I'm preparing now. I'm building now. Okay, okay. Enough. When you're young and you think you know it all, <laughs> help you. I just pray you, God, I help you. The rain, yeah, you don't know squat. The rain, yeah, you don't. The rain, you don't match wits with God. That's not real smart. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall. It was founded on the word of God, not Jesus, the word. Everyone who hears the sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Lisa said, this scripture proves don't build a house in Daytona Beach right there. It says right there, don't build in Daytona Beach. And she said, all you people that have built a house, God told you not to right there in Matthew. <laughs> it's your fault your house fell down. He told you not to do it. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was his fall. And so it was when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as one who had authority, as though he actually knew what he was talking about. Now listen, folks. Say, I love my Bible. Say, I will meditate in the Word day and night. Say, Holy Spirit, bring up the scriptures today and tomorrow that I need. Lead me in what to read. Lead me in what to study. Give me a hunger for the word of God because it is more important than anything else I do. Any day of the week, it's better than an education. It's better than silver and gold. It's better than a paycheck. The word of God. And I will eat it. I don't live only by bread. I live by the Word of God, who it is alive. It makes me alive. It will prosper me. It will lead me. It will give me light. It'll get me out of any mess the devil gets me in. Thank you, Jesus, for the Word of God. And I have a copy. It's you talking to me. I can hear your voice by reading my Bible. Hallelujah, devil. Hey, devil, 
I got the Word of God in my lap. I can hear from God anytime I want to. Hallelujah. I ask you, I have to tell you this. I, I don't, you don't have to be real smart to be victorious. Just rely, he's smart. Just run around with people who are smart. And I'm going to use Trump again, but how would you like, do, do you think that his son would be successful? A yes or no, I'm just. No? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. With him. He's with him. Do you think the boy will make it? Do you think he would make it right now? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, but if he runs around with his dad, would it help him? Okay, you, now you're not Trump's kid, but you're God's kid. And he, and he left you something that trumps Trump. Someone said the book of Proverbs was written for teenagers. And there's 31 chapters, one for every day of the week, every day of the month. You don't even have to wonder which one to read today. Just look at your watch and go, that's the, was it the 26th today? 26. Okay, 26th chapter of Proverbs, read it today. And I'm going to tell you something. Your finances will increase. I know you may think, I mean, you, you'll, you'll make decisions and go, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Uh, can I tell you one more story? It's, it's 820. I'm after. Right after I got born again, I began to read my Bible. God began to teach me how to work. The, the manager of Certainty called me in his office one day. Many of you heard the story. His name was Mike Nacera. And he said, Daryl, we want, I want to have lunch with you. I was scared. What does he want? I mean, I'm just a, a hippie that just got saved. I don't know nothing. And he got me in there, and, 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 and I said, you call me, and what, what will you want? And he goes, just have lunch with you. I went, oh, okay. And then he, on the way out, he said, would you pray for me? And I grabbed his hand, prayed for him, and I went, and I went, that's so strange. That's so strange. And a week later, he calls me and said, uh, what do you want for lunch today? And I went, a sub, and he goes, I'll get you one. He said, come to my office, and I'm like, what is going on? Later, I found out he was starting to work on me to become the plant manager. What, why did he pick me out of a whole, three or four hundred people in a plant? Wisdom of God on me just like Joseph and Daniel. He saw the wisdom of God. I mean, I just got saved. I'm going to tell you something right now. You get that book, that book, will, it will lift you up. It'll take you where you can't take you. And people will see it and they'll promote you. And you won't even know why. You're just like, oh, and yet other people can see, you're not like everybody else. Say amen. amen. Father, thank you for this evening. I, I pray for all of our young people right now, 
many of us that are seniors need to have talks with our kids, and I pray for the grace to, to help them pick up a Bible and begin spending time with God. That one simple thing with our kids would make the whole world of difference. Just a simple thing. And I ask you for the grace right now for all of us that are praying over our families to get them back in the Word. And we're a Word church, and we should be honoring the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.